As David comes to read the scripture this morning, what I'm looking for is noticing what were the expectations of those in the time of Isaiah. Even what were the expectations of a Messiah in the time just before Jesus. We're going to talk about expectations, but see if you can pick some of those out, their hopes and dreams for this figure. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be belt, the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious." In Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of King of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Holy wisdom, holy word. Expectation, hope, anticipation, uh, all kind of wrapped together in this time of year. And what you're going to see behind me scrolling through are different pictures of different expectations of not just Santa Claus, but St. Nicholas, and even 
woven in Jesus. So what I want to do is talk a little bit about the world. And as Christy shared, I just kept thinking, how do they celebrate um, Christmas or the coming of St. Nicholas in Ethiopia or anywhere around the world? And I started looking some things up, but I thought we'd better start here as we talked about Christmas and anticipation. And I asked the children at first service, what do you want for Christmas? And they were very, very reticent to share anything yet. But they're all creating lists. And that's coming as well, as you'll hear in, in here. So, s- tell me about Santa Claus. Uh, describe Santa Claus for me for just a second. And what, what do we believe about this, this Santa Claus figure? Who? Anybody? He's jolly. He's jolly. Ho, 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 ho. Why are you all smiling? Uh, right, and he, and he wears red, right, with his boots, and he's jolly, and he's fat, and um, I just want to say fat. He's fat, uh, and he's got this little rosy kind of nose, and he's very elf-like, and through some engineering marvel, he is able, with his help of his elves, to to fill this bag full of toys and fly across the world and deliver toys to all the, oh, good girls and boys, led by reindeer, right, in his sleigh. The significance is good girls and boys. And I will share with you once again that there was a Christmas when I was a young person where I had had an incredibly challenging year for my parents. And my dad, in all his deep and wonderful wisdom, decided that that was the year that, as my stocking hung by the chimney with care, hoping St. Nicholas would soon would be there, when only to come and find out not my role was filled with my stocking was a pile full of coal. I still cry about it. <laughs> and then he brought out the other stocking, but he said, let this be a warning to you, young man. It's a. It's. No, I'm not going to repeat that. There's. It's amazing the perceptions across the globe and the anticipation that's created by this figure that we know as Saint Nick or Saint Nicholas. For so I looked some up to compare them with what we see as Santa Claus, and in in Germany he's called Christking. And he's not dressed in red, he's dressed in white with gold trim and this beautiful outfit. And what's amazing is the tradition in Germany for those who believe in the Christ King is that what they do is the children create lists and they decorate them like kind of what was happening in the Advent Fair and and they have gold glitter and red and all kinds of things and they, they put them on the windows outside toward the street. So that when Christ King views and walks through that town, he can see what it is that they want. And then the excitement builds because early on Christmas Eve, they have chosen a room in their home that gets locked where all the decorations are. And at midnight, just after midnight on Christmas Eve, the door gets unlocked and there, lo and behold, somehow Christ King has come in and fill the place with things on the list for 
the good girls and boys. What they believe is that Chris King is, a, is an angel who is representing the Christ child and coming to give gifts very much like the wise men. Beautiful. In France and Belgium, however, it's a little different. And um, what, they, what they have as a tradition is a, a figure called Père Noël. And Père Noël, and excuse me if I butcher French. So I, I, for those that you speak French, you know, I'm sorry. But, but really quick, what they do is, is Père Noël comes um, in on December 4th, but on, de- on December 2nd, his companion named Père Fortad. I keep thinking Fortada, but Fortad. And Fortad is this companion who, who surreptitiously walks through the village And looks for the naughty children. And the nice children. And then goes, delivers his message to Pere Newell, who, who then gets the gifts. And on December 4th, the day of St. Nicholas, with their donkey in tow, they come and deliver the gifts to the good children. So be careful. And watch for those who come through. In Russia, it's... De Moros, Grandfather Frost, and he is, wears this beautiful robe that is red, yes, but also ice blue and gold and white and covered with fur and a Russian fur hat. And he doesn't come on Christmas Eve. He doesn't even come on December 4th. He comes on New Year's Eve to deliver the gifts to the, not the naughty, but the... Thank you. In Spain, it's not one figure, but three. My favorite is Iceland. I love it. Thirteen little creatures whose whole role is to create surprises. And some of those surprises are good. Not all of them. And they're called, and I want to make a band called the Yule Men, because that's what they're called. The Yule Men. It's something out of the 60s, right? or the Yule lads, and and again, they bring gifts, but some of them are surprises, and some of them are not so good, and there are other places across the world who, who, where what they do is they come in, and and you have a St. Nicholas figure, but you also have this companion who will punish, punish the naughty children, and terrifying in appearance. So you can only imagine, wherever you are, What kind of anticipation and expectation some of these figures bring? And it is not dissimilar to the whole idea of Messiah. That's what's amazing. As you heard David read, you saw a tremendous list of things, of hopes, of expectations, of desires, that somehow the naughty children in Rome or the naughty children of the temple authorities would be punished And the good children of the house of Israel would be lifted up again and this figure would come in and sit on the throne of David and the whole world would come at his feet and there would be peace. Or maybe it's that he's a wonderful counselor or that he's mighty or that he's something else. Part of the expectation, there's a picture that is going to scroll through here if it's not already done, of this Jesus figure on this horse with a sword coming out of the clouds. 
And that was one of the pictures and hopes of the Messiah that was to come. But here's the deal, friends. In that second scripture that David read, remember the opening line? The people walking in darkness. And suddenly we begin to understand more readily why those expectations are so powerful. I share it again, you know, being the greeter at the Crossroads dinner is an amazing thing. And, and I know David does it every, every month, and there are those of you that go out as well. And, and, but there was something different about this year. And it was that the hugs were much, much deeper. And the embraces, and as that strong embrace, and able to call some of these folks by name, and they would embrace, and in my ear they would whisper their stories. And you talk about darkness, and the darkness they seem to be walking in. I think of all of those right now who are trying to stay warm under the bridges downtown Seattle. You talk about darkness. Some of us even here are walking in darkness. I shared with First Service I had a really hard Thanksgiving. It was the first time where it was just a really, really kind of tumultuous, as Dorothy will tell you, Thanksgiving, uh, particularly with one sibling. And I just thought, man, what do I do with this? And it, it was just hard, and it forced us to change our Thanksgiving plans. Sometimes families go through darkness together. There are some in this room right now for whom this season is overwhelming. Or... This season is depressing. And, and yet we, we just want to help do what? The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And as this season progresses, what we are hoping to do is to be that Christ-filled figure that brings light and warmth and wonderment and joy to everyone. No matter where they come from, no matter what has happened in their lives, no matter where they live, that our role is to be that figure to bring light and warmth for those walking in darkness. Let me close with this thought. There are those around us today, particularly at this time of year, that are looking for a Messiah. There are things on the big bulletin board out there, and I will guarantee you that those on whose names or conditions are on that list, those ages, those people are looking for something having to do with Christmas. A gift that can be brought to them where they see new light and new life as a possibility. There are places all around us where light needs to be shined in darkness. And it is up to us to not only do it for each other and not only do it here in Bellevue or Issaquah or Renton or even in Seattle, but to continue to do it in places like Ethiopia, in Thailand, all over the world. And right now, there's a darkness in Colorado and they need light and warmth but they're not alone in Paris, in Mali, but also, again, right here. Might we be that Messiah figure? 
for others who are walking in darkness. Might we be that throughout this Advent season. Amen.